Poso maoni work, wai wanen kitanen ni mo e yoski pietaya posnotaman e yum MITW podcast. A yospis pietaya posnapi notaman and he sikimaka e yoso matnamene hokihi. Welcome to the Nominee Indian Tribe of Wisconsin podcast. I'm your host, Sheena Wapus. On this episode, I'm joined by Vaughn Bowles, Public Information Officer for the Nominee Indian Tribe of Wisconsin. I would like to remind everyone, we request you send in your COVID-19 related questions to us at podcast at MITW.org. Welcome, Vaughn. Morning, Sheena. Having trouble with my mic. Morning. <laughs> <laughs> um, so... This week, we had a new emergency order, Emergency Order 18, that was released. Uh, can you just talk a little bit about that? Like, has anything changed with it from the last order? Not a ton's changed. Emergency Order 18 was kind of to bring together what we'd been talking about at Incident Command for a while because we had, you know, separate emergency orders about mask mandates and separate emergency orders about opening like the different tribal departments and so we just kind of wanted to bring it all together um so 18 emergency order 18 um starts on july 3rd ends august 7th right now so they wanted to to stretch it out another month kind of to see how things would work out with some of the variants that are spreading right now um it covers all places of worship like educational facilities bars restaurants stores farmers markets they can all open 100 percent right now um they're open to sell food uh, all the tribal and government departments can be opened 100% um, for fully vaccinated employees. Um, right now, they're asking unvaccinated employees to continue mask using and social distancing um, where appropriate. And if approved by supervisors, they can also have un- unvaccinated employees uh, work remotely and stuff, which could be the case for some of our, our co-workers that are immunocompromised or have family members that are immunocompromised. Um, tribal facilities will be open to the public, um, but that's by appointment only. Uh, the rec center is going to be open to fully vaccinated individuals. If you want to be able to, to re-enter the, the rec center, um, you'll need to contact Lucas. Is his last name pronounced? Bem? Bom. 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 Thanks. Sorry, Lucas. Okay. Thank you. Thank you, <laughs> Sheena. Um, and you can contact Lucas at 715-799-5184. Um, you'll just need to show him your proof of vaccination. He'll reactivate your card so you can get in. Um, as far as other establishments, businesses and institutions and stuff, um, individuals don't have to use masks unless um, required by state or federal local laws or rules of that organization. Um Caveat to that, though, face masks are still going to be required at the tribal clinic, all of the schools, the CBRF, our detention facilities, and our transit sites and on the transit vehicles, um, as well as the congregate sites like the meal sites, uh, Eagle's Nest, and the DV shelter. And then uh, we're also discontinuing the temperature screenings upon entry and stuff. So that's kind of what 18 covers in a nutshell. Um, We released it to the public this last week if you want Uh, We can put that in the show notes. Yeah. Yeah, we can do that for sure. Um, So speaking of masking, (laughs) I think there's a lot of confusion at this point. Um, 
because we have the World Health Organization that recommended that even fully vaccinated individuals should continue to be masking right now because of the Delta variant. Um, so can you just clear up for us, like, should vaccinated people be masking or not at this point? Okay, I'm going to throw out this caveat. I, I personally have a difficult time supporting some of the recommendations of the World Health Organization right now because the organization produced uh, some substantiated, uh, produced some, some less than accurate information towards the beginning of the pandemic. And so some of my trust in their their recommendations and their uh, observations uh, has waned, in my opinion. That said, I can understand why they made that recommendation. So the, the, the World Health Organization is putting out recommendations globally, not just here in the U.S. or locally here in Wisconsin. Um, and there are several countries that are using um, vaccinations for the COVID vaccine that are slightly less effective than the Pfizer, Moderna, and Johnson & Johnson vaccines that we've been using here in the U.S., um, there have been documented cases of, you know, entire medical staffs contracting COVID after being vaccinated for it with some of the vaccines that were developed in other countries. So part of the reason they're saying that is that um, there is a, a higher risk for individuals in other countries that haven't utilized the same vaccines we have to still contract COVID. Um, so... At this point, I can I can see why they would recommend that some countries still utilize or recommend to some countries why they'd utilize the mask. Um, for us, though, we try to follow the CDC recommendations, and that's what I would recommend that we use. Um, you know, they haven't been 100% perfect, but they're trying to get out the information as best they can at the speed of science. Um, and so right now, fully vaccinated individuals, as far as the CDC is concerned, um, really only recommend mask usage for like public indoor locations um, or, you know, low ventilation areas or situations where you're in close confines with someone that either is potentially sick or maybe unvaccinated. So as far as masking everywhere for fully vaccinated people here in the U.S., I'm not too concerned about that, um, but it's what people feel comfortable doing. So I'm not going to push that on anyone. Yeah. <laughs> so really... It's because of our the type of vaccine that we have. We don't. It's not something that we should really have to be concerned about. Yeah, we we've, we've really produced a high quality uh, preventative measure with the vaccines here, and it's terrible. We don't have to worry quite as much as some other locations. So I feel blessed because of that and the science that we have here in the United States. So can we expect, I mean, right now, I don't think the Delta variant's a huge concern for us in locally, um, but if it does become a concern at some point, uh, can we expect the tribe to kind of go back to their masking mandates of everybody being masked at all times? You know, currently there there's no plan to bring back the mask mandate. We do have the Delta variant on our mind. Um, regionally, and when I say regionally, I mean Wisconsin, Michigan, Minnesota, and Illinois, um, the Delta variants making up about 5.9% of all variants out there for COVID right now. Um, so it's not a huge thing here um, in like the Bemidji area. You do hear a lot about it um, because it's, it's very prevalent in California and the Southwest 
um, the Intermountain West region, Great Plains region. Um, in, in some cases, it's as high as 25 to 35% of all cases they're having right now. So it's, it's definitely moving this way, could become a problem, but it's not currently. And so hopefully we can get more of the population vaccinated so it doesn't become a big issue. Um, so speaking of vaccinations, <laughs> uh, we have a lot of people that don't want to get vaccinated. I mean, that's their choice. But now we have some misinformation that people are sharing that people who are vaccinated somehow shed these spike proteins and they can somehow affect or cause disease in unvaccinated people that are close to them. So can you just shed some light on that? Sure. So when you get vaccinated, what, what that contains is the protein for your cellular machinery to produce the spike protein that COVID has. And it's what allows it to stick to cells and into the body. That said, none of the materials in the mRNA vaccine that um, any of the organizations are, are using right now contain um, genetic information of COVID that replicates the virus. Um, even if you do produce the spike and you do shed the spike, air quotes around shedding the spike, um, that wouldn't harm anyone because there's none of the mRNA contained within the coronavirus um, and so you wouldn't be building viral particles, um, and you wouldn't uh, you wouldn't be what's the word I'm looking for? Um, you wouldn't be shedding any sort of um, particulate that would cause infection. Um, you could inhale the spike proteins, but you know as long as you don't have the um, the viral mRNA that's inside of it or RNA, I should say. Um, you'd be fine. So, yeah. Okay. So, um, you said that you had some news about uh, long-term effectiveness around vaccines. Yeah. So what was that a, about? A great article came out in uh, the journal called Nature. It's well-renowned. It's been out for, you know, 100-plus years. Um, and one of the recent articles that was published was they found that individuals that uh, get vaccinated with, you know, the Pfizer or the, the Moderna vaccines are producing B cells um, between four and six months after vaccination. Now, that sounds weird, esoteric. If you're not into um, immunology, let me let me break down what that means. Usually when you get infected, your um, B cells and your immune system uh, take particulates of the infection, whether it's bacterial, viral, back to your lymph nodes um, and, and various locations um, where B cells are produced and they generate antibodies. Um, the fact that even, let me back that up. Usually after you get sick, you produce those, those B cells and stuff for maybe, you know, a couple months afterwards. You get a common cold, you're producing B cells and stuff for a few months. The fact that you're still producing B cells four months after you're vaccinated with the COVID vaccines is really um, positive for long-term uh, long uh, immunity um, because it means that um, the, the immune system is still actively engaged with those particles. Um, and the longer it stays actively engaged, um, it, it will be less reliant on the memory um, cells in the immune system. So if 
if it stays active longer, obviously, like we said, um, you'll have a longer term immunity. They're thinking because of the the amount of time that the immune system stays engaged, um, you know, we may not need booster shots with the Pfizer or the Moderna vaccines. So it's it's positive news. It's it's really into the weeds sometimes when you read through the papers. I'll be honest, some days it makes my head hurt, but it's great news. <laughs> <laughs> Good. Well, I'm glad you can break it down for us because I would have no clue. Um, okay, so you also said you wanted to share some information about variants. Um, so yeah, can you go over with, that? With all the talk about variants, sometimes it, it gets hard to keep track of what they all are and where they're all coming from. And um, so there, there are a few variants, there are four of them specifically that uh, the CDC's tracking is variants of concerns. Um, and they all have three different names. So I just wanted to run through them really quick, just so you have an idea of what's going on with them. Um, the first one is um, B117. That's now known as the alpha variant. Um, previously, it was known as the UK variant. Um, that was the variant that was that was detected back in December of 2020. Um, and the, a lot of people were concerned about it's still the major variant out there right now in the U.S. Um, as far as variants go. Um, so now we know. Um, B1351 is considered the beta variant. Um, that was detected in South Africa, and that was they found that in January of this year. Um, and it makes up, you know, relative portion of, of what we see right now. Um, P1 is the gamma variant. Um, that was the original Brazilian variant that was also found in January. And you may hear about B16172, which is the infamous Delta variant or the, the variant that was coming out of India that most people are talking about now. They found that's the one that tends to be spreading the most. Um, this week, the Delta variant makes up about 10% of total cases nationally. Um, like we mentioned earlier, it's only about 5 to 6% here in the Bemidji area. It's a wonder that everyone didn't want to use those super long, complicated names. I know, names. right? So they just easy to get roll out and off the tongue. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so um, our next topic, you said you had some safety tips for people who are traveling this summer. Yeah, and you know, we've talked about them a, a lot, um, but it's been a while, and so it's always good to get a reminder. You know, the best thing you can do at this point if you want to stay safe and healthy during the summer, especially if you're traveling, is get vaccinated before you leave. Um, hand hands down, that's the best thing you can do. And speaking of hands, washing your hands is probably the next best thing you can do. Um, soap and water for at least 20 seconds. Um, sanitizer if you don't have soap and water. Um, also, great way. Keep your hands clean. Don't put them in your mouth. Don't rub your eyes. Um, after that, you know, wearing a mask that covers your mouth and your nose um, protects others from anything that you might exhale and also staying, you know, at least six feet apart from others uh, just helps kind of cut down on the amount of particulates we're sharing with others. Um, and then, you know, avoid crowded areas or poorly ventilated areas um, to just cut down on the potential exposure you might have. And then um, you also mentioned something about community spread. Yeah, so we talk about a, a lot about community spread. And so I was digging through the, the not archives, but 
a lot of the <laughs> the esoteric pages of the CDC and I was like, they've got to be tracking where, where this is on a county level and they do. And it's actually a fascinating page to look at. They break the entire country down by county and they're, they're doing some great analytics there. We should put that mm-hmm. link in the show notes because that's a great page. We, I think everyone's yeah, going to be interested Yeah, we definitely will. <laughs> All right. Uh, but it tracks, it tracks not only who's vaccinated, but also community spread. And so right now the CDC has our, our county um, at 48.7% fully vaccinated. It's pretty good. Um, they're saying our community spread right now is low. What that means is we've had between zero and nine cases per 100,000 people. I know we don't have that many people in the county, but that's just how they have to calculate it to, you know, right. have a comparison across the board. Um, Shawano County, I've heard people worry that they're only 30% vaccinated in the county and that, you know, they're going to be the death of us all. Uh, good news, 40% <laughs> of the county is fully vaccinated, not 30 it's a little lower than the state average, um, but they're still, you know, making a good effort to try to get everyone vaccinated there. They also have low community spread right now. Um, on flip side, uh, Oconto County is 47.6% fully vaccinated, but they have moderate spread, which means they have um, between 10 and I believe 20 people per 100,000 that have had it in the last seven days. Um, but Langlade County, which has 41.8%, of their community fully vaccinated has substantial spread, um, which means they've had between, I believe it's 20 and 30 cases um, per 100,000. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So that's kind of what's going on in the community. We have a, where things we have have a wide variety of <laughs> situations going on. We, we do. We do. And, you know, the public health officials in all of those areas are just trying their darndest to help keep everyone healthy and safe. And, and move us through this so we can return to a normal situation. Sure. Um, so, uh, Vaughn, do you have any final message for people for the holiday weekend? You know, uh, enjoy the holiday. Stay safe. Um, you know, be, be prudent about what kind of situations you put yourself in. Um, you know, try to know who you're around and, and whether or not they've been vaccinated and, and the risk levels that you're going to be at. So, but other than that, enjoy your weekend, enjoy the holiday. Happy Independence Day, everyone. Thank you, Vaughn. Well, I went in for listening to the Menominee Indian Tribe of Wisconsin podcast. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Stitcher. You can also listen to the podcast on menominee-nsn.gov under the community tab and keep up to date by following us on Facebook at MITW Podcasts. I do weekly updates with Vaughn. We welcome any community questions you have regarding COVID-19, so please send those to us at podcast at mitw.org.